Welcome to On the Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Women's Missionary Union, where God's mission is our passion. Today's guest is Adriana Anderson. Adriana studied at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary and is currently on staff at Hunter Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama, where she leads women's ministry. Adriana, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here, Sandy. We're so excited about having you. Thank you. Adriana, your Facebook page says that you are married to the most wonderful man on the earth. Yes. Gregory. Yes, he's a rock star. (laughs) You love missions and traveling to foreign countries to share Jesus. You just got back recently from where? London. London. Yes. You served as a missionary for two years in Mexico. Mm -hmm. You speak Spanish and have served as a bilingual translator. You lead women's Bible studies and love to teach the Word of God. You're a huge fan of movies and you're a runner. Yes. I get the huge fan of movies. I'm not so much a fan of running, but (laughs) what are some of your favorite movies? Oh, goodness. Um, To Kill a Mockingbird is definitely on my top top list. And... um, Oh, goodness. There's so many. I like sports movies. I think we have almost every genre. I'll tell you a fun fact is we actually own over 5,000 movies. You do not. Yes, we do. So that is Gregory and I's um, good pastime that we do. So 5,000 Over 5,000. How do you even find? They're alphabetized. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. 5,000 yeah. movies. Yeah. We love it. We love it. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> have you ever loaned some out that we 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 do back? we do I, I, actually there are a couple that have not returned so <laughs> okay uh, tell me about To Kill a Mockingbird what is the plot of that it's been a long time since I saw it yeah uh, it definitely is one of my most favorite it it is definitely centered around some of the issues that we're facing today in our nation uh, around race and so. You have the story of Atticus Finch, who is a Caucasian attorney, and he, um, they are in a very small town, and they, um, he comes to know a family, Mr. Robertson, and he ends up defending him for being falsely accused of, unfortunately, the rape of an, a Caucasian woman. And so um, the, as the plot unfolds, you, you really see a lot of different topics and issues surfacing um, in that small community. But unfortunately, um, for those of you that have seen the movie, know that it doesn't have a great ending in terms of what happens to him. But the the whole story overall is, is just a great way to really talk about or even to help begin conversation or dialogue around a topic that is very painful. And what year was that movie made? Oh, my goodness. Was it in the 50s? I think it was in the 50s. Okay, so there we are in the 50s. Yeah. And today we're dealing with the same type of issues. Yeah. On your Facebook post recently, you said, Gregory and I had the privilege of paying our respects to civil rights icon John Lewis. I cannot explain all that we feel, but what we can say is that we are thankful for his unwavering courage and his sacrifice to fight for the rights of all African-Americans. He will forever live in our hearts. Thank you, John Lewis. Adriana, what was it like to be in the rotunda of the Capitol in Montgomery and to experience that profound moment in history? Oh my goodness, it was overwhelming. 
Uh, when my husband and I made the decision to go, I mean, we literally looked at each other and we both started crying because we were like, we have to go. We have to be a part of this. We have to celebrate and recognize the fight that he fought to help um, African-American people have the right to vote. You know, when you look back at footage for that time when he was struck on the head and just all of the violence that they had to endure just for the right to vote, it, it was it was quite moving to be at the Capitol, to actually be very close to his casket. I mean, just to be allowed, we counted it as a privilege to even be able to go and see and experience and I remember Gregory and I walking around the casket when we got inside and, you know, the beautiful American flag draped over yes. the casket. And uh, we both were praying the entire time, praying for our country, mm-hmm. praying for healing, praying for God's intervention in such a time as this. And so um, we are thankful for the life of John Lewis and that he showed such courage to speak up and to be a voice for the voiceless at that time. I was moved watching it on TV. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be there. What a phenomenal experience. What a blessing. Yeah. Adriana, you're in a biracial marriage. I've raised a biracial child. How is it that we are in 2020, long decades after John Lewis began his fight, and racial tensions are so incredibly strained? It doesn't seem like we're making forward progress. Yeah, you know, that's a, there's a lot of layers to that question, Sandy. And what I would say is it doesn't seem like we're making progress, but we have made progress. And and I will refer to John Lewis and his Mm -hmm. life. And so the fact that, you know, we do have rights and privileges now is progression. Has it taken probably much longer than all of us would have desired? Certainly. But what I see is that... God is really using the circumstances and events of our our time to have dialogue, to be able to engage in dialogue with one another. And um, although the the conversations may not be comfortable, they're necessary. I would agree. Yeah, they're necessary. And I think that, um, you know, you, you spoke about me being in a biracial marriage and Um, Does it come with issues? Certainly not because of issues between Gregory and I. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, unfortunately, just due to the opinions of others or the biases of others or the prejudices of others. And so, um, yes, it's sad that we're still having to address those issues. But, you know, my husband and I say to each other every single day, you know, we're in this fight for the rest of our lives. And it is truly our honor and privilege to obey what God tells us to do and to have these conversations and to talk to people and to help educate the body of Christ in particular, because we are Christians. And so that's really important to us to help educate. Because I think, Sandy, honestly, people, uh, when they say things or make comments, they don't don't necessarily even understand what they're saying. Maybe they heard somebody say something or unfortunately there are behaviors that they've learned or systems that they've learned. And so um, I think most people have really good intentions. They just don't understand. I would agree that most people have good intentions, but I've been so disappointed lately mm-hmm. of things that I've seen on social media. Yeah. When we get a certain age, we can deal with things easier. Right. But for a young adult mm-hmm. facing those kinds of things. Yeah. 
having to unfriend friends because of things my daughter reads on Facebook. Yeah. It 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 hurts. It is. It's very hurtful and you know, I think that this season in particular uh, and I'm speaking again as an African American woman calls mm-hmm. for me and people that look like me to extend a lot of grace as a Christian. Mm-hmm. See, I have to speak from the lens of I'm a Christian yes. who is African American. I can't speak from the lens of I'm African American and then I'm a Christian. I'm first a Christian because yeah. my allegiance belongs to Christ and I happen to be African American. But I have to, when I see those hurtful comments and things that people say, I have to extend grace. I have to extend love because that's what Jesus would have done. That doesn't mean that I agree with this hurtful statements, but I have to say, God, is there a way or is there an opportunity or is there a door you would have me to walk through to help educate, Mm -hmm. to help people to understand? Maybe you don't realize what you said, but that caused a great amount of pain. Mm -hmm. And so I think, again, I think most people's hearts are open for that. I, I think this is a season we need to lean into. Yeah. Because I, I think you're exactly right. Now we can have those hard conversations because as difficult as this season is, people seem ready to listen. Yes. In ways they haven't been ready. Absolutely. Before. Yeah, absolutely. For Anglo Christians, what questions should we be asking? to help us better understand the needs and concerns of our brothers and sisters of color? Um, That's a really good question, Sandy. Again, I think, you know, and and, and I'm going to speak to Anglo-American Christians Mm -hmm. um, because, again, that's always going to be my my perspective as as Christ-centered. And so what I would say is when we truly understand uh, what Imago Dei means, that all people are made in God's image, I think sometimes what we forget is people just want to be treated with decency and respect. Everybody. 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 And so what I try to implore, remind people is don't think of me as different because I'm African-American. Think of me as I'm your sister in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so if I see maybe you have a sad countenance, you know, Ask me how I'm doing. Is there a way that I can pray for you? Yeah. Um, specifically along the lines of race, I think um, I had a lady say this to me, and I, I loved it. She was a Caucasian woman, and she said, I want to ask this question, but I don't know how to ask. And I said, sure, of course. What's the question? And she said, is it inappropriate for a white woman to refer to a black woman and use the term girl. And I said, um, so-and-so, thank you so much, first of all, for even asking me that question. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful that you felt comfortable and safe to ask me the question. And then I was able to provide an opportunity of education. And I said, I would not use that term. And I explained to her the reasons why mm-hmm. and kind of what it was tied to historically. And she said, thank you so much. I don't want to do anything to offend anybody. Yeah. And I think that's most people's hearts, Sandy. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to walk around offending people. Absolutely. We certainly don't. But at the same point, what we don't want is um, our Anglo-American um, sisters and brothers in Christ to be walking around on eggshells either. And, and afraid to ask a question or afraid that they're going to say the wrong thing. And it goes back to what I was speaking about earlier. That's where we have to extend grace 
and realize that everyone is not going to say everything correctly. But I think it all hinges on relationships. That woman had a strong enough relationship with you that she could ask for honest feedback and you could provide honest feedback and everybody walked away better. Exactly. And I knew, and to your point, because we are in relationship with each other and serve together in ministry, I was able to, there was no, I knew her intention was genuine. You know, it wasn't to hurt my feelings. She was sincerely wanting to do the right thing. And I think most people are there. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Well, what are some practical steps the church can take to help bridge the racial divide? Um, That's a great question. I think that, you know, it's certainly um, the pastor, you know, I think that message coming from the pulpit is, is critical Um, especially during these times. I'm thankful that our pastor has spoken on this topic numerous times, and not only when there's been an incident. He's spoken on things when there have not been incidents. Mm -hmm. So it's a part of the culture. And so I think there's there's that. There is also um, uh, coming together in groups to have dialogue around and, and discussion around this topic, I think is very important. And I think just uh, really, to me, community is really tied directly to this. And I think that um, it's important that we reach those in our community that don't look like us so that we're mm-hmm. in doing intentional things to really bring people into the body of Christ that don't know Christ. Right. And so it's easy to stick in our comfort zone and, and be around what's comfortable to us naturally. And I think all of us do that, you know, if we're being honest. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity Um, And of course, you know, you said that I have a love for missions and I do. So I'm always thinking community, missions, evangelism, those all go together. But if you think about that, racism is in direct conflict with the Great Commission. It absolutely is. (laughs) Because how can we go to our brother that doesn't look like us if we don't love them because they don't look like us? How can we share the love of God? when we don't like them because they're different from us. Absolutely. Well, well, how do we go deeper as the body of Christ? My church participates in community events and we love them, but how do you get beyond one or two services, shared services with other congregations? How how do you go deeper? How, How do I go deeper personally? So for Let's make it personal yeah, for those that are sure, listening. Sure. What can they do? Um, I think, you know, again, it's it's being intentional. So, you know, you think about you're a Christian. So we know ultimately what is the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. So if as a Christian, I'm focused on sharing what God has done in my life in an attempt to get them to come to know my God, that should be our mindset. And it's the same focus around race and reconciliation. And so because we know what it says in the book of Revelation that there will be every tongue, tribe, and nation mm-hmm. represented at the throne, yep. which is amazing. Yes. Um, you know, that, that doesn't change when we leave earth, but to know that God has given us an opportunity to share his son with the whole world. And so the whole world doesn't look like me. The whole world doesn't look like you. Yeah. And so how can I be intentional about fostering relationships with Mm -hmm. women or people that don't look like me. And so I think it certainly begins with prayer, 
God, open up a door for me to be able to continue to serve those that maybe we've done a ministry outreach event with. I think that's a great place to start. And I would encourage those of you listening, start with that. Pray that God would give you one person that yes. you could build a relationship with. Yes. A meaningful relationship. Absolutely. That impacts the kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. That is great. You touched on this a little bit, but are there things that well-meaning people say or ask that tend to do more harm than good? We, you talked recently about a good example of the lady coming to mm -hmm. you. Are there things that would be harmful? That's a, another good question. I think, you know, I can only speak to my personal experiences mm -hmm. as an African-American woman, and I think some things that have been hurtful to me uh, have been where um, people that don't look like me have said things like, you know, you're so articulate or mm -hmm. um, you don't sound like you're black or I don't see your color. And again, I assume positive intent about everyone. I assume yes. that people have well-meaning intentions. They just don't know. Mm -hmm. And so um, I don't think people say that to be spiteful or hurtful intentionally. Um, but again, it's, it's being misinformed. And so when you say those things to a person of color, it is hurtful mm -hmm. because what you're saying is, you know, I don't see people that look like you that speak like this, or I don't see, you know, people that look like you normally behave like this. Mm -hmm. And so it sends a message of, it's, it's kind of like giving a backhanded compliment. Mm -hmm. yes, and so exactly. um, it's very painful. So I, I would say, you know, if you don't know what to say in those instances, just don't say anything. Good advice. Good advice. Are there a few specific scriptures that you rely on to encourage racial reconciliation? Oh, yeah. Probably Let's look at God's Word. Yeah, probably my favorite is John chapter 17, and it's the high priestly prayer of Jesus. And he's praying to his Father, and he's having dialogue with him, and He's, you know, having this intimate conversation with him. And then he walks right into us, the believers, mm -hmm. and those who he has been ministering to on earth and those that will become believers after us, which again ties back to the Great Commission. And what I love about that prayer is you see the heart of God in Jesus's prayer when he says, make us one. And his focus is on unity. His focus is on make them one as you and I are one mm -hmm. so that the world may know that God is God. <laughs> and that's where our witness comes in is because we love one another regardless of how God made us on the outside. Mm -hmm. Because we belong to Christ and we are brothers and sisters, that's the heart of God, that we truly be one. It absolutely yeah. is. Well. Adriana, is there anything else that you would like to share with those listening as we as we think about racial reconciliation? Yeah, I would say to my Anglo sisters in Christ that are listening, do the work, roll your sleeves up, do the work, get to know women that don't look like you, get to hear our hearts, hear our stories, yeah. hear the things that we've walked through and remember that we're all the same inside. And so the work may not be easy, um, but it is certainly well worth it because God calls us to do the hard things. He does. Yeah. That is beautiful advice. I want to thank you for just spending a few minutes sharing with us about how we can 
how we can do better as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to thank you. Anytime I see you, even from a distance, my heart just leaps because you live and serve with joy. And Christ in you is evident. I'm so proud of you and the way you serve. Thank you. And I want to get to know you better as we continue working together here in Birmingham um, in your church and here at Women's Missionary Union and just see what the Lord does with hearts surrendered to Him. Amen. I would love that, Sandy. Love and appreciate you. you. Love you too. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you to listening to this episode of On the Journey Conversations.